You're listening to Driving Law, a podcast by Kyla Lee about all things related to the rules of the road. another episode of Driving Law. I am Kyla Lee at Acumen Law Corporation and with me for the first time ever on the Driving Law podcast and probably has never listened to the Driving Law. Oh, the face is saying it all. <laughs> That's okay. Nobody listens. Uh, <laughs> the uh, We have Dan Snyder. Dan is a new lawyer in our office. Came to us from uh, the Immigration and Refugee Board of Canada and uh, is already making a mark as a great lawyer who's won a ton of traffic tickets. Good. I was going to say good afternoon, but you could be listening at any point in your day. So hello, pod world. (laughs) (laughs) Now, those of you who already know who Dan is probably already know about this. And those of you who don't should check out the Vancouver Men's Chorus, Singing's a Drag. It is reachable on YouTube, but easier to find at vancouvermenscourse.ca. So it's our annual drag performance that I may or may not be a part of. And it's a lot of fun. It's free. And uh, check it out. There's like 15 performances. Um, We all recorded our own music videos. Um, Yeah. And celebrating Pride Week. Yay. And tip your drag queen. (laughs) So, Dan... I thought that this would be the perfect time, since I've been begging for weeks to get you on the podcast, to corner you in the office before you go to traffic court for a distracted driving ticket. That's right. To talk about a recent court of appeal judgment on distracted driving. Yes, it doesn't necessarily help our cause, but it's good for the wider public to know about. Yes, so this is a case of Rajani. And we actually talked about this prior to you joining our firm on the podcast before when it was at the BC Supreme Court. So why don't you give us a little rundown on what happened in the case? Refresh the listeners' memories. Well, the pertinent details, I remember that the officer had a different version of events than uh, Mr. Johnny, and the officer had seen um, this man holding the cell phone in his hand um, or was it in his lap? I think the officer's version of events had it in the lap. I think it was on his lap versus tucked under his leg. Yeah, and Buddy's version was that it was wedged between his leg and the seat. Mm-hmm. I remember specifically wedged. <laughs> I remember that because I... two reasons. One, I had a case involving an officer who alleged my client had wedged his cell phone in the folds of the passenger seat, Mm -hmm. that was Partridge. Um, And then also because I used to drive around when I had a car that didn't have a cell phone mount or Bluetooth, I would drive around with my phone wedged between my leg and the seat to hold it in place while I spoke on speakerphone. So we have a BC Court of Appeal decision issued just a few days ago, and the hearing was earlier this month. Um, so it looks like they're not a fan of the wedge. <laughs> no. Can the we call it the, the wedge? The wedgie? <laughs> the wedgie. I like it. Yes. That is now officially the name. Yeah. I expect to hear it or in court. Police Mr. Officers. Rajani was the Reggie. The wedgie. <laughs> yeah. Reggie with the wedgie. <laughs> 
You heard it first, folks. Yeah. Um, we're going to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, the, I mean, the real issue in the case was, is it holding to mm. have the device on your lap or wedged and the answer? We got some dictionary definitions mm -hmm. of hold. What is your preferred dictionary of choice, Kyla? Ooh, I mean dictionary.com because it's free <laughs> and it comes up first on Google. Fair enough. <laughs> Which I think might use Merriam-Webster. Yes. Yeah, so does. that's the uh, the American mm -hmm. default. I yeah. like Oxford. Uh, well, that's I think the one the Court of Appeal liked best too because they actually quoted from it. But it's weird they went to three different dictionaries. Yeah, just to buttress their uh, opinion. Yeah. I I would say. If you believed holding was only involving hands, then a handhold is redundant. That's true. <laughs> and the legislation does refer to handheld electronic devices. Right. But as the court pointed out, it also refers to other things that aren't specifically handheld, like televisions. Um, I don't know. Depends how heavy it is. I could hold a handhold a television. Yeah, I just got myself one of those Amazon Fire Sticks, and you should have seen me hand-holding my television very precariously, <laughs> balancing on my treadmill. <laughs> uh. Yes, it was uh, it was good times. Um, yeah, they said uh, that uh, holding is not restricted to the act of holding with one's hand, because the electronic device definition includes a large number, including not only handheld devices, but also GPS and televisions. The counterpoint was, I think it came from when the legislation was introduced in the legislature. It was referred to what is one of the purposes of this. It is to ensure that hands are free. Mm -hmm. And so and that the eyes are on the road. Right. Um, but I guess your thigh needs to be perfectly available to uh, be engaged in the aspects of driving and can't be distracted by a being touched. Um, so, nevertheless, keep your thighs open to driving purposes, everyone. I did, you know, I, I gotta say, like, I, every time there's a decision that doesn't go in favor of the defendant, uh, I'm always looking for the little nugget of something helpful for my clients in the future. And there was one thing I liked in this case. Um, there was a comment made in, by the traffic court justice that having the phone anywhere in the car uh, while it was charging was enough to create a conviction. So it, was, um, it says that paragraph 17 of the Court of Appeals judgment, as the Crown conceded in the court below, the judicial justice's interpretation of the act as prohibiting the touch-free charging of a cell phone and the presence of a cell phone anywhere in a vehicle because of a possible distraction amounted to clear errors. Yeah, that's right. So in this case, it was the combination of charging and in use. And so the use being the holding. holding. So the combination of the wire going to um, the charging port and uh, touching the leg, both of those together um, was a no-no according to this court. Yeah, but if you had the phone in the cup holder or on the passenger seat or like lying down on the dash or wherever, as long as it wasn't making physical contact with your body, then that would not be holding. And if arguably the screen were out of sight. 
Arguably, yes. <laughs> I think I think it's, uh, based on this, I think a conviction would still flow even if the screen were face down. Yeah, you're still holding, yeah. and it's still it's still charging. So you have the the you know the use made out like because Tannhauser, right? The Court of Appeal said it doesn't matter if the cell phone doesn't even work. So what about um, in the pocket? It depends on what is being. Well, I think used. it depends on the pocket too, though, because you're allowed to <laughs> right. use an electronic device if it's securely affixed to your person. So if you have it like in the back pocket of your jeans and you're sitting on it and it's connected to your Bluetooth and you're talking, you're holding it. It's wedged between your butt and the seat, but it's in a pocket, so it's mm -hmm. securely affixed to your person. Right, and in this instant case, the wedging was not securely fastened. Uh, it could have moved around depending on the situation but pockets sound to me like being securely affixed to your person what about tucked into the side of a hijab depends on secure i guess yeah i did i was once in traffic court um and a woman was being prosecuted for using an electronic device by having it tucked up against her ear um in her hijab and the judicial justice actually made me duty counsel <laughs> and sent me out with the with the woman and the officer to try and explain mm. the law on like on securely affixed to the person ended up that the officer withdrew the ticket because she could demonstrate that she'd stuck her phone in there and she could shake her head like oh interesting like yeah. tina turner and it wasn't going anywhere <laughs> so yeah, maybe case by case for those novel instances. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, this is big news in the cell phone world. It is uh, perhaps small news to the rest of the world, but it's important and it's good to see the Court of Appeal making a clear ruling, and they did make a ruling, it's not obiter, that it's an error um, to find that somebody's guilty just because the cell phone is in the vehicle or the cell phone is, is charging and not being touched. And I'm going to take from this case that that uh, is the law, and the next time I'm in traffic court, like I was earlier this week before this judgment, and the justice says, you can't have it anywhere in the car if it's charging. I go, actually. <laughs> now we have some... Uh jurisprudence to back us up well we had before but now we have some even more. court of appeal yeah <laughs> some powerful jurisprudence dan what do you think is the most important thing for people to know about using their cell phones and driving i think people are surprised um how little they can do and i think it is it's true that you do have to be overly cautious um, with cell phones, I think it's become so ubiquitous that it, they're almost an extension of our bodies that uh, you really do have to be very careful and when in doubt, just keep it out of reach or securely affixed and yeah, don't be tempted even at a stoplight to just check it once in your hand or something like that. So yeah. I think also, you know, my best advice, and I know this is going further than the law actually requires people to, put the phone somewhere the police can't see it. Mm -hmm. If they can't see it, they can't give you a ticket for using it. You can be looking down, you can be looking around, you can be fiddling with your hands, but they're going to come up to your window, they're not going to see a cell phone, and they're not going to give you a ticket, even if they strongly suspect that you were using it. So... Out of sight, out of mind. Exactly. That's the best way to protect yourself.
Dan, do you want to stick around for the uh, ridiculous driver of the week? The ridiculous driver of the week. Oh, absolutely. Okay. This is a great one. It is a person who I don't entirely understand how ended up getting stuck in their car for four hours in a construction zone. I'll show you the picture and you can, if you want to find the story, it's on Fox 40. Uh, You can Google driver trapped for four hours after driving into construction zone. And it's a picture of a car, an SUV, essentially wedged between a wall and like those concrete highway barriers. This podcast is being brought to you by the word wedged. (laughs) It's the wedgie podcast, yes. <laughs> um, this car was was wedged like that cell phone was, yes. Um, this is in Sacramento. And for whatever reason, this person in this car ended up stuck for four hours. And you can see from the picture, like, obviously you wouldn't be able to open the doors. But I don't understand why they couldn't climb out the window or go out the back. You could climb out the trunk. I think all cars have to have an emergency trunk release these days. Well, it's also a newer SUV, so there's got to be a gotta button. There's got to be a button, yeah. Um, they probably just didn't want to go through the effort of... <laughs> didn't want to leave their car? Climbing all the way through the back. Yeah, they drove into the construction area, got stuck between temporary concrete barrier and sound wall, and were trapped inside. And they had to wait four hours for a tow truck. <laughs> I, I, and... I, I don't understand. Looking at the picture, it's like gravel and a sound barrier and a concrete barrier. and there's It looks to me like it would need to be a Hollywood stunt to get into yeah. that position. Like, I want to see the ramp <laughs> where they then launched their Subaru SUV. Into this concrete position. This is the alternate ending to speed. Like, how did they drive into that? I... It's... That's just silly. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I love it. This is the ridiculous driver of the week. As soon as I saw it, I knew they were going to win. Very deserved title. Well, that's a very short podcast this week. But we have a short podcast because it's a short week next week. And I just... Can't be bothered on a Friday before a long weekend, can you? No. Yeah. Right. Happy long weekend to those who get it. Yes, and for those of you in Vancouver, happy Pride. And uh, if you want to contact our office for any reason, traffic-related or otherwise, you can find us online at VancouverCriminalLaw.com or give us a call, 604-685-8889, and tune in next week for another exciting episode of Driving Law. <laughs>